Hi everyone, I hope you're really well this week. Welcome to another episode of the Motherkind podcast with me, your host, Zoe Blasky, where each week I chat about all things motherhood and well-being. My mission with this podcast is to help you reconnect to you, to feel happier, more joyful, calmer and more alive, whatever that looks like for you. So maybe this podcast is going to inspire you to look at your health and self-care. Maybe it's thinking about your career and making work work for you. Maybe it's looking at your relationships or your relationship with yourself and finally addressing that inner critic and making a commitment to being kinder to yourself. So I chat to all sorts of well-being experts and game changers to help you become your healthiest, happiest and most alive version of you because that is what I think is the most inspiring thing to become for our children. So on to this week's episode, I am chatting to Mel Bound. You might not have heard of Mel, but you've probably heard of the company she founded called This Mum Runs, which is a community of women on a mission to be healthier and happier. Mel is a mum of two. She is also a multi-award winning entrepreneur and a firm believer in the power of community and how it can change lives. So Mel and I chat about the moment that changed her life and now the lives of millions of women all over the country. We also chat about her challenges with motherhood and that transition period that we talk about a lot on the podcast. The big shift for me was that running became about just feeling freer, lighter and happier, all kind of those emotional things rather than anything physical really. It was quite a profound difference quite quickly. We obviously talk about This Mum Runs, how she runs the company, the juggle, the challenges, all of it. In the early days, I just said yes to everything. You know, people would ask me to go and speak at events and can I write this article and can I comment on this? And, you know, I just said yes to everything and it just nearly killed me. And so in the last probably six or 12 months, especially, I've tried to just be a bit more careful about what I say yes to. We also chat about self-care for busy mums and the power of community. And I think what comes through loud and clear from this episode is that we are stronger together, whatever that looks like for you. So clearly, you know, Mel talks about running, but I think that power of community can be found in many other ways. So I would encourage you to think about that as you listen to this episode and I hope you feel inspired by it and I hope you really enjoy it. If you did, then please do rate, review and share. Here it is. So Mel, welcome to the Malachi podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. It's taken us a while to get this set up hasn't it? <laughs> with our both of our bonkers diaries. Yeah. I was just saying to you, I absolutely love what you're doing with this mum runs I love anything that is you know like mother kind based in community based in connection and based in mothers helping mothers and that's what I see you doing with this mum runs yeah I mean community is absolutely at the heart of everything that we do we're a community of 50,000 women now which is just crazy but you know everything we've had this kind of saying for the community by the community so all the decisions we make and anything that we do as an organization we do it with the support and using the ideas we get from the community, which is amazing. So how did it 
start? Did you mm. like write a business plan and, you know, go and start this in quite a formal way? Or is this something that happened organically? I mean, I always call it my happiest accident because it was definitely not planned. There was no business plan. I was actually on maternity leave with my son, Rafi, who's five now. And I just really struggled to make the adjustments of being a new mum. I just felt really, really lonely a lot of the time. I struggled with the mum groups. I found them really cliquey. And I just struggled to meet other mums that, you know, I could have a conversation with that wasn't about my kids. Yeah. So all of that was going on. And the other thing that had happened for me is that before I had my children was really, really active. And then when I had my kids, I just stopped making the time and then I became really unfit and then I lost all my confidence in myself physically so I kind of got myself in this knot of feeling really lonely and also being really inactive which for me was a massive shift in my life and so out of desperation I thought I need to do something about this because I know I can get back to some of the things that used to be in my life that made me happy so I put a post onto a local mum's Facebook group kind of explaining how I was feeling and asking if there was anyone that wanted to go on a run with me and I got a few replies and I thought okay well why don't I just suggest going to the park on Wednesday night when we put the kids to bed and we'll see what happens and um, I actually almost didn't go because it was November and it was dark and rainy and there was something good on telly and I was thinking maybe I'll just have a glass of wine instead and stay at home but I went and I stood outside the park and 75 women turned up to meet me And it was just the most insane moment because I didn't really know what to do. Did you cry? I felt really emotional. and I think everyone was a little bit hysterical. (laughs) Um, Because we were out of the house without the kids. You know, we didn't have our buggies and there was no nappy bags. And I didn't really know what to do with all these women. But I just said, should we just go for a little run? And I think we went for about 10 minutes down the road. And then we came back. Where was this? Were you in London or Bristol? No, we were in Bristol. Bristol, Yeah, Yeah, just a little area in Bristol. And... um, Everyone was so euphoric when we got back. I think just because we were at the house for half an hour, we didn't talk about our kids at all. It was like finding ourselves again in that half an hour. It was just such a powerful moment. We all said, well, should we do it again next week? So I said, okay, well, I'll set up a Facebook group so that I can organise us meeting. And so I did, and I called it This Mum Runs. No thought really went into it, but as it turned out, it was was a great name. It's a great name, yeah. And that's where it started. And then from that point, it was really organic and just word of mouth, people telling their friends. And then mums from other parts of Bristol getting in touch and saying, will you set up runs for us? And so I did. And then, you know, quite quickly, there were several thousand mums that were part of that community. So six months later, I quit my job and just threw myself into growing what's now this mum runs. Wow, it's such an amazing story. It's really emotional, actually. I found myself getting quite emotional imagining seeing all those women yeah especially for me at that time in my life as well because I was someone in my previous life had been someone that networked a lot and socially was very confident but at that moment in my life I really wasn't so it was just overwhelming but also I think the other thing for me was like wow there's all these other women that are feeling exactly the same way and did they Um, share what they were feeling was it the same sort of loneliness yeah yeah it was that and also and actually the women that turned up that first night were women that had done a bit of exercise before having kids and they just stopped and they just didn't really know how to find a way back to it because they were so busy with their children you know everyone shared this sense of guilt that we might make a bit of time for ourselves so there was a lot of conversations around that that first evening interesting why do you think I obviously talk about this a lot why do you think we experience such guilt just giving ourselves half an hour on a Wednesday evening 
Oh, gosh. I think there's so much pressure on women in society generally, isn't there, to be successful at work and earn good money and be the best friend and the most amazing partner and all of those things all the time just kind of blasted at us. That the thought of actually just stepping away from that and taking even 10, 15 minutes that's just for you just feels unbelievably hard. Mm. I can't really explain why it's there, but I know it's there. I know all of us feel it. It's definitely there. It's definitely there. I mean, mum guilt is almost like, you know, they say you birth your baby and you also birth this guilt. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's so fascinating to me, you know, with what I do with mother kind, you know, really thinking about this and trying to break it down. So did that sense that you had of guilt ease Mm. the more regularly you started finding your time for yourself in order to do the runs yeah it did you know we've actually built the whole proposition of this mum runs around that because if you create a bit of headspace for yourself as a mum in your week not only will you feel healthier and happier it will impact the entire family and it's tangible the impact on your entire family so in a weird sort of way you come to accept that if I make this time for myself then everyone's going to benefit so the guilt just goes away yeah I often family you will need it I often say that if you can't do it for you if it feels too much to do it for you do it for your family because the benefit Mm -hmm. for them is huge how did you notice then so obviously you then started doing this every week what did you notice the changes were in you Overnight, I felt happier. I felt like I'd rediscovered Mel. You know when you have really young kids and you go to things and you're just so-and-so's mum? Yeah. And you just completely... And I would do it myself. I didn't know people's names. And so suddenly just rediscovering Mel was just massive. And I overnight felt happier. And it was noticeable to my husband and to my children. Actually, one of the other interesting things that happened was that I think for children, for me, exercise was about being really sweaty and feeling fitter and maybe entering races and I was wrapped up in all of that stuff and actually the big shift for me was that running became about just feeling freer lighter and happier all kind of those emotional things rather than anything physical really it was quite a profound difference quite quickly and so obviously you know you shared you had a background of exercise but that isn't Mm. most of the mums that come to this mum runs is it no tell us about that so I often talk about the 75, you know, the moment when 75 mums turned up as being, you know, that's obviously quite a big moment. But actually for me, about eight weeks later was the real light bulb moment. So a mum called Annika had joined our community but hadn't come along to a run and hadn't really contributed to the online community either. And then just suddenly put a post into the group and said, I think her exact words were, I'm a porky, unfit mum of two. I've spent the last 20 years eating sausage rolls and drinking wine. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to come along to one of your runs, but I can't even run for a bus. And there was just this floodgate of responses from other women who had been lurking in the Facebook group, but hadn't had the courage to come along to a run because they'd never run before. Mm. And in that moment, I felt really devastated that A, she would describe herself in that way, and B, that I felt that I was doing something that was really inclusive, but actually there was this whole bunch of women that, even running for 10 minutes was out of their reach. And so I wanted to understand a bit more about that. And so I spent some time talking to Annika and a bunch of other mums. And actually what I realised was that there was this whole group of women that had checked out of exercise at school and then had spent their entire adult life inactive because they didn't see themselves as sporty. They didn't play in the sport teams at school and therefore they were made to feel that sport couldn't be for them. 
Yeah. And as a result of that, they just had done no exercise for 20 years or more. So then, you know, I started to kind of build my entire mission, really, or the entire mission of This Mum Runs around reaching those women that felt like that about themselves, that had spent all of these years feeling that sport and exercise couldn't be for them and just wanting to change that. And about 60% of the women who join us now are women who literally never exercised before. Well, that is amazing. And I think school has a lot to answer for because that was my experience. Like, I'm really short, like 5'3". And I was at an all-girls school, and basically, if you weren't good at netball, you were written off. Yeah. And I think at that age, you know, your brain is so porous to those beliefs, especially when Mm. there's a teacher who's placed authority, basically said to me, you're not sporty. And I really believed that for a long, long, long time. Well, the scary thing is that hasn't changed. I spoke at a conference a couple of weeks ago called Future Fit, and there's an organisation called Women in Sport that shared some statistics around teenage girls and activity, Less than 20% of teenage girls do the kind of recommended daily amount of exercise that they should be doing. But even worse than that, 80% of teenage girls say that they're unhappy. And I think the two things are linked because when your mind and your body connect and you're physically active for reasons beyond playing in the netball team or scoring a goal in hockey, you do feel happier. That's one of the things that I hope that we can achieve with this mum run is that not only are we reaching these women who were that teenage girl saying, I'm unhappy, I'm not sporty. But we also start to create this virtuous circle where mums are inspiring their daughters to believe that they can do it as well. And we stop this cycle of women spending their entire lives thinking they can't be active. Yeah, it's so powerful, isn't it? And it's so important. What are some of the statistics or the outcomes that you find of people, of the mums who start running? So you mentioned them feeling like they're reconnected to themselves in their happier why is running such a simple and yet really powerful movement that we can do well I think because it literally is just you and a pair of trainers for a start so it's the most simple form of exercise that you can do but I think there's something about being outdoors there are people in our community that do run on treadmills but generally this is about getting women outdoors yeah and there is just something about being out of our house away from our desk away from social media that is incredibly freeing and just makes you feel happier just by the act of doing it. There are definite endorphins that you get even from a 10-minute run. Even from a walk run, you feel that kind of rush of endorphin that just makes you feel happier, more positive. And I think the other thing for this mum run, so it is about the running, obviously, but it's much more than that. It's about the community. And so when you run as part of a community, it's just magic. Mm. Um, It has the power to change your life. I think. Mm, yeah, because running can be quite lonely on your own, could perpetuate that sense of loneliness, as you were describing, that so many of us have in early motherhood. Do you yeah. hear this a lot? Because I used to do a little bit of running, like 10K was the furthest I ever got yeah. to. But when I had Jessie, I was really worried about running, about, you know, my pelvic floor, about things, you know, bouncing around that didn't used to bounce around. Yeah. Do you advise that mums have a check before they go for a run? How do you know whether it's like physically safe for a mum? to start Um, so there's obviously a kind of a whole range of women at different stages that join us so if they're a brand brand new mum brand new postnatally then we would always advise that they get a check if they've had things like diastasis or spd or those sorts of conditions through pregnancy then we would probably advise them to see a specialist physio before they started any think too intense our general advice if you're brand new to running which lots of our women are is that you build up really really gradually yeah and we've actually created a really fantastic program called run 30 where you take women who's literally never run before 
and over a period of eight weeks build her up to running for 30 minutes and it's a walk run program that builds really 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 gradually and also has heaps of content and support wrapped around it you know it's not just about extending the amount of time they're running it's about their brains catching up with the fact that they're going to start doing regular exercise and that's almost as important to do This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stresses, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy is just an incredible, safe, non-judgmental space. I absolutely love it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule, which I think as busy mums is what we all need. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash motherkind today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash motherkind. Tell me more about that then. So what do our brains start to tell us as we start to do this? Well, do you know, something really interesting. So when we first started doing these coaching programs, we've put about two or 3,000 women through these coaching programs now. And there was this really interesting thing that would happen around week three. So it's an eight-week program. And the first couple of weeks, it's one or two minutes of running and then interspersed with walking. And then week three, I think it jumps up to three or four minutes of running. We would get a lot of people dropping out at week three. So I'm obsessed with data. So I was looking at the data thinking, what's going on at week three? Are they getting injured? Are we progressing this too quickly? So we went and talked to lots of women who had dropped out at week three. And it wasn't injury. It was fear of success. Interesting. Which I was just really fascinated by because you basically had these women who didn't think sport was for them. And then within three weeks, they started to believe it could be. And that made them panic a little bit because they didn't have that kind of excuse anymore that they weren't sporty. They started to believe that maybe they could be, and that was a little bit scary Mm. for them. So we kind of packed in loads of content around week three now. You know, we've shown we've got loads of amazing case studies and little interviews with women who dropped out at week three before and then gone on to continue to try and get women over that hump. And now our dropout is virtually zero at week three. It's really interesting. I mean, as a coach, Mm. I'm not surprised to hear that at all because I see that almost every day because we we become quite identified with our limits that we put on ourselves it keeps us safe in some way and when there is those are challenged even in a positive way it's almost like that crossroads point it's really scary it's like am I going to lean into this fear and let go of this identity yeah or actually is it easier to just go back into the the old me so for me this is not just about how many women can we get started on their running journey this is about how many women can we get started and handhold them through that kind of process where they're trying to come to terms with the fact that their lives are going to be quite different and then keep them running afterwards with the support of the community that's really what I'm trying to do and the women that go through that journey are the ones that become the biggest fans of TMR and Mm. many of them will go on to become we have a very big volunteer team called Run Angels they're called Run Angels and they lead our free weekly runs that are on Wednesday evenings and Sunday mornings. And many of those run angels are the women that couldn't run, that we supported to start running. And now they just want to give something back because they've gone on such a profound journey themselves. Wow. Is there a story yeah. that particularly stands out that you can share? Gosh, we've got so many. But um, 
one of our run angels called Sarah. She's 46. She's really, she runs her own really successful PR business. She's on lots of boards. She's super successful. She's got a daughter as well. But she had never exercised, which she explained to me. The reason that she didn't exercise is because her brothers did. So because her brothers did and her parents encouraged her brothers to be sporty, she felt that she had to be the bright one, not the sporty one. So she just completely checked out of exercise and left her brothers to it. And then a couple of years ago, she went through a couple of bereavements in quick succession and a really stressful period of work. And she just decided that that she needed to start taking care of herself. I think she just suddenly got this sense of her own mortality and that she wanted to do do something about it. So she signed up for one of our Run 30 courses. She had literally never run a step in her entire life. She completed the Run 30 course. She found a group of friends that she would never have connected with had she not done the course. She became her running buddy. And two years later, she's now Run Angel. She's doing a half Ironman triathlon. Oh, my gosh. In the summer. I know. She's doing a 100-mile bike ride this year as well. I mean, she doesn't do things by halves. And every week she turns up and she leads runs um, for other women. And she gets no bigger joy from being the one at the back, supporting the one at the back and helping them to complete the run. It's just incredible. That is such an amazing story. Such an amazing story. So if someone's listening and they relate to that person that's bought into that label that they're not sporty, Mm. that they've never run, but they have a sense that they want to start moving their body, where does someone start well we're going to be able to help them with that soon actually because we're putting our run 30 program onto an app so oh wow that's exciting which is going to be super exciting i mean that's one way the other way is i think for me the biggest reason why i was able to start exercising again after such a long period of not was that i had found a group of women locally that wanted to do it as well it's really hard doing on your own so finding a friend locally to do it with and committing to when you're going to do it as well is half the battle and that kind of going out for that first run is the hardest step yeah so making that commitment and doing it with someone else really really helps I think you're right about that first step isn't it because that's when all the fear comes up actually one of the things that we've been working really hard on is that having a program to follow is one thing and there are lots of different programs that you can follow that get you running but actually getting your head in the right place to start an exercise program is kind of a big chunk of what you need to do if you haven't been exercising for a long time so that's going to be a big part of what will be included in our app you know it might be that part of the process is actually i'm going to take half an hour i'm going to go and have a nice bath with some nice essential oils and i'm just going to spend half an hour on my own because as mums finding that time to have half an hour on your own it just feels impossible so if you can get your mindset into, well, I'm just going to go and read a book for half an hour or I'm going to have a bath for half an hour and you start carving out that half an hour, then your head gets into a more comfortable space where it can think about exercise. It's part of the same thing, isn't it? It's kind of giving yourself permission to go and do something that's just for you. I think that's really, really good advice is like mm. is priming your yourself to start practicing taking these tiny moments and then building up to you know going out the house and and for a run and is there anyone that this doesn't work for like is there anyone that you would want you know the listeners to hear actually maybe you need to think about something else or or is it Um, is it universally rewarding yeah I mean to be honest it is universally rewarding so we done quite a lot of work just trying to understand the women who are in our community and and why they join. I think I said 50 to 60% are women who've never exercised before. But we also have women that are running ultra marathons. 
and they enjoy being part of what we're doing because they love the sense of community mm. and either they want to give something back or they are actually gaining something from being part of a community as well. And I think that, you know, the needs are universal. It's kind of that human connection. It's a sense of community. You know, they're things that all of us want, aren't they? Feeling better about ourselves, being a bit happier. They're universal needs. So, yeah, I think it's something that all of us are looking for ultimately. Okay. And just changing tack slightly, because obviously you have across the past five years, built up this amazing community that has now become a business. So mm. I think it would be interesting for people to hear a little bit about the journey that you've been on with it. Have you experienced from a business perspective, you know, what have you learned about yourself as you've grown this amazing thing into the world? What's been the biggest challenges for you? God, there's so many challenges because <laughs> I think when you're doing something a bit like you, you know, you're doing something you feel really passionately about and also you feel is making a difference to people's lives, which yeah. is, that was something that was for me missing in my corporate life. And yet, you know, I'm so ambitious for what I want to achieve with this mum brands as well, that it's actually quite hard to balance that sometimes. You know, ironically, I'm building an organisation that's all around headspace. And at times I found myself with no headspace, no time for anything because I'm spending all of my time on the business or with my kids. So kind of number one challenge has been trying to still carve out a little bit of time that's just for me, which sounds weird. But if I'm not calm and happy and focused, then I can't do what I want to do with this organisation. And that's been really challenging. Mm. And sometimes I've got that totally wrong. And I've had to, I would say I've been fairly close to burning out. And at those times, I've removed myself completely from everything. So like a couple of times I've been down to Cornwall, for example, and just hidden myself away for a couple of days and gone for long walks by the sea. And then a couple of days later, come home and I feel fine again. But not burning out when you're doing something like this is really challenging. I really relate. <laughs> yeah, it's so hard. It's so hard. And I think, I think it's important for people to hear this because I think there's sometimes a perception, like people say to me, like, you're making such a difference and it's having such an impact and you love it so much life just must feel like a dream and in some ways it does but in other ways it's really hard because I am so passionate and I want to grow it so quickly I have to be really boundary I wrote about this the other day I have to be so strict with myself otherwise I would work every spare hour I know I I would I know and actually learning to say no has been such a massive lesson for me because in the early days I just said yes to everything. You know, people would ask me to go and speak at events and can I write this article and can I comment on this? And, you know, I just said yes to everything and it just nearly killed me. And so in the last probably six to 12 months, especially, I've tried to just be a bit more careful about what I say yes to. And I've said no to loads of things, Mm. even if it's something I think I quite like to do that. So if it's not important enough to kind of our core, my core objectives for the organisation, I don't do it. Or if I just feel like I'm too knackered and I don't want to do it, I don't do it. That's been a massive learn for me. I've had to work really, really hard at that because my natural instinct is to say yes to everything. Yeah, I relate. (laughs) Um, And what else are you working on like that? So saying no and boundaries. Trusting my gut instinct more. I think over the last five years, there's definitely been times, there's been a very strong message from my gut and I've ignored it. And my gut has always been right. Mm, It's interesting. So, yeah. Can you give us an example? People I've hired. Yeah. But I've been a bit like, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't know why, but I really need this person to do this thing. Um, and I've hired them and it hasn't worked out. It probably takes a six to 12 months to resolve that sort of decision. Yeah. So I'm trying to get better at just really listening 
and not ignoring it. Even if my rational brain is saying, but what about this? If my gut is saying something else, I'm trying just, just to follow that. Yeah, it's so um, interesting, isn't it? That like, I call it the inner GPS. Like it's yeah. never wrong. It's so never, fascinating never, never. to me. It's never wrong. And yet no. so often our we heads, yeah, we ignore it. Or I think it's a practice actually. I talk to my clients yeah. a lot about this. It's a muscle that needs growing like any other. If we're not used to trusting it. And also yeah. I think gathering evidence is really helpful as well. Like, oh, I ignored yeah. it and it didn't work out. Well, that's a really powerful piece of evidence for the next time you have that feeling to trust it a bit more. That's so true. I also think when you're a mum, I don't know if you ever experienced this, but when I had my daughter, she's nearly nine now, but I had postnatal depression. I was really struggling and I was really anxious about everything with her. Yeah. And I remember my health is the same to me. You just, like, what's your gut instinct telling you? And I remember saying to her, I don't know, I can't hear it. And I think I just got myself into this kind of place of stress and anxiety. And when you're in that space, it's really, really hard to hear your gut. And so giving yourself that headspace and quiet time and you know whatever you need to do that is important so that you can hear what your gut's telling you. Exactly, um, exactly. And especially at a time when, you know, new motherhood we're so often bombarded with yeah. conflicting opinions, none of which align. They're all black or white. And I think in that scenario, unless you've got a really strong sense of self, you know, it's yeah. really difficult to... Like really hard, really yeah, hard. Yeah, it's really, really hard. And what's the future looking like for this Mum Runs? Well, it's super exciting. Everything I've been doing, and I now have an amazing team around me, there's eight of us. That's actually one of the other big learns is hire amazing people. Even if you can only afford them a day a month, hire yeah. amazing people. And that, that was one of the mistakes I made in the beginning where I just, I hired what I could afford for more hours, but actually it's false economy. Just hire the most amazing people that you can find, even if it's just a few hours a month or a day a month or whatever it is. You know, there's eight of us now and, you know, we're all women and it's just the most kick-ass team. And everything we've been doing in the last six months or so has been about preparing to really scale this mum runs because my dream is to have free runs for mums in every town and city in the UK. So we've been putting all the systems and processes in place. We've been working out how to hire volunteers, how to train them, how to keep them motivated, you know, all of that good stuff. Yeah. And we're really ready to go now. So the kind of number one focus is taking what we've created in Bristol and London and Cardiff and soon to be Brighton and putting it into towns and cities across the UK so that we can just get more mums moving and part of the community. And then number two is the app, which is launching. I think what we've been really conscious of is, you know, however fast we want to expand. For me, it's never fast enough because we've got women that are part of our community that are in Auckland and New York and Singapore and Germany. And I just can't grow physical communities there that quickly. So we wanted something that would enable them to get started, be part of our community, and then, you know, potentially go on to start communities of their own once they've gained some confidence. And also, you know, it's reaching single mums that maybe can't get out to runs in the evening with yeah, us. Yeah, exactly, or, yeah. Or mums in rural areas that, you know, will never have a community local to them, but still want to get started and be part of what we're doing. So it's those two things, really, scaling our free runs, which is really exciting, and launching our app, which we're really excited about. It does sound really exciting. And is there anything that you want my listeners to know that we haven't already talked about, from about anything? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I'd love them to know where to find us. So obviously, we've got a website that's got all of our locations, you know, where we currently run and all about our ethos and, you know, what our plans are. That's thismumruns.co.uk. And if they're in cities where we have runs already, so Bristol, London, 
Cardiff, Brighton, then come and find us on Facebook. You know, the communities on there are just fantastically supportive. And even if they're just lurking back to those communities for a while and get a sense of what we're about, I'm, I'm absolutely certain that eventually they'll put their head above the parapet and come and join us. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's really helpful. And the final question that I ask the same to everyone is that if you could give just one gift to all the mums in the world, what would it be and why? Half an hour of Headspace a week because it literally changes your life. You know, whatever you spend that half an hour doing, it just makes you happier and more able to deal with life. Mm. So whether it's half an hour reading a book or having a bath and going having a glass of wine or meeting a friend you don't usually see or going for a run, whatever it is, just take that half an hour. It's the biggest gift you could ever, ever give yourself. Such good advice. Such good advice. So everyone listening, that's your challenge from Mel is this week, find half an hour and report back to us on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Mel. It's been so lovely to connect and chat. You too. I've loved it. Thank you for having me. Thanks. So that's it. Thank you for listening to the episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. And if you did, please do leave a review on iTunes. It does make a massive difference to the number of mums that we can reach with this content. If you were listening to that episode, thinking about one of your friends that they might benefit from what we were chatting about, then just tag them in on Instagram. My bio will include the link to the podcast so they can find it really easily from there. People often tell me they're desperate to share it with their friends. So if that's you, then please do. I feel like the guests that we have on the podcast, their wisdom just deserves to be heard far and wide. So help me make that happen. I'd be very grateful. And also, if you want to send me any comments or thoughts about the episode, then please pop over onto Instagram at motherkind underscore Zoe. And also, just to let you know about my coaching. So I do work one-on-one with mums on my programme, which is a three-month programme called Reconnect to You. So if you want to work with me on taking your power back in any area of your life, then please do get in touch. Just drop me an email, zoe at motherkind.co or look on the website, www.motherkind.co. That's it. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Take care.